What if you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning? This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker, as they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it. All right. What's going on, my friends? Mike Walker here and another episode of the Wealthy Consultant podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today because I have a special guest. It's not just Taylor. It's not just me. We actually have somebody that is legit family. And I don't just mean that figuratively. I mean (laughs) that literally. I have Mr. Peyton Welch with us today. Peyton, what the hell is going on, my friend? Dude, I am honored to be here. I know people probably got on this and they saw my face and they're like, did Taylor... Did Taylor get younger overnight? No. <laughs> I'm a, I am my own person. <laughs> love that. Love that. Awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to have you here. You and I have been working together for a long time. I know about you, yeah. but let's let's give the the audience, our listeners, give them some insight, man. What's your background? Because they may or may not know like all the di- different dynamics that you've brought to the table over the years working um, with Side by Side and even, you know, Satellite to Taylor. Uh, fill us in a little bit. Let us know your background. Yeah. So anyone that does know me probably knows me like in the sales space, in the sales world. So um, I I wasn't born with any sales ability. I didn't come out of the womb closing deals or anything. Like, you know, I hear stories of like people that are like legends in the sales space. And it's like, oh man, they were just born to close. And I was not really born to close at all. Um, okay. Okay. I, 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 I didn't want to be in sales. Um I feel like nowadays, especially too, we all grow up and there's just a stigma around like salespeople in general. It's probably Belford's fault, honestly, let's be honest. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and so I, I didn't want to do it, but um, I got to a place where I think I was 20, 21. And uh, I realized like, oh, you have to make money in order right. to like eat and pay your bills. You don't just get to have your parents do that for you all the right, time. Right, So there I got a little bit. Yeah, there is. So I, I got in, I was a cold caller at a real estate investment company. And that's where I first like really got my first taste of like, oh, there's a, there is a, a mental chess game here that is very hard to play. And yes. it's not, you just pick up a phone, it's just easy. And so that's where I started cutting my teeth. Um, over time, I don't actually, I don't even know if you know this story, but the first time I got my, my big like, closing opportunity um you know like it was with traffic and funnels around 2016 2017 i had gotten relatively good as like a setter as a as a uh, cold caller but i didn't have closing experience but that's where i wanted to go next and taylor wouldn't hire me have you heard this no no dive in dude this he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't hire me because obviously it's family and Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out and he has to fire me well family holidays or get-togethers are never the same awkward you know Yeah, yeah. yeah And, uh, but he had a manager at the time. It was Mike Mark. And, um, uh, I, I was, I, Taylor was like, yeah, dude, we're not going to bring you on, but we can connect you with someone. I was like, Hey, no worries. And then I went straight to Mark, Mike Mark. And I was like, dude, Taylor said no, but we both know there's some potential here. I was like, give me six months. I'll be your top sales rep. And if not, you can fire me. No hard feelings. It wasn't Taylor fired me. It was you that fired me. Mm -hmm. I just need a shot. Give me a shot. And he was like, okay. So we went around Taylor's back and onboarded me and I showed up on a random meeting one day and Taylor was like, what the hell are you doing here? Um, and then, yeah, in, in, in uh, about uh, four to five months, it was I was cutting it close, but I ended up finally getting the hang of it and uh, becoming the top closer. And 
you know, the, the rest is history. There's a lot of, a lot of journey between, you know, now and, and back then, but that's, sure. that's how I got my start was with traffic and funnels, just trying to figure out how to, how to close deals and, and make money. But, um, man, that was, that was, it feels like so long ago, but it yeah. was only like four years it's ago. Not or that long ago, man. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that just goes to really highlight like the, the, uh, rocket ship trajectory you've put yourself on in this whole sales space. I mean, you're really making a name for yourself in the sales performance, you know, uh, environment, which is something we'll, we'll dive into uh, in a little yeah. bit. But something I want to like circle back on before we go further, you said, I didn't want to do sales. And then it was just obviously the need to make money or whatever. But at some point, obviously you're really good at what you do. I can't imagine you get up every day going, I don't want to make sales. Yeah. So what was it? Was it just that you got better and then you felt more comfortable doing it? Or what was that, that, you know, got you across that bridge from not liking it or wanting to do it to being, you know, one of the best in the world at it? Well, I think once, like anything, the better you get at something, the more of like a hobby it becomes, the more of a game it becomes, it becomes more fun. Like I, golf wasn't fun for me at first, but then when I, oh, you know, like you, it only takes one good shot and you're like, I am going to obsess over this for the rest of my life. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So my, our, uh, our father always told us, um, I, I find myself really lucky with my upbringing, uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, I waited tables for a long time and I learned a lot about how to communicate with people when I was waiting tables. I worked at church, uh, which is the, one of the lowest return for your time positions, Mm -hmm. mad respect for people that are full-time in ministry because it's, it's, it's a lot of work and not a lot of pay, but you learn how to communicate with people. So I was good with communicating. Like I was very personable and uh, relatively high EQ. But the idea of like the, that exchange of like money for services or money for a product was just, it, I had, a, I had a, a mental fallacy around it. But our father always told us like, if you want to make incredible money, you either have to one, be in sales or two, run your own business. And I had no idea how to start a business. So for me, it's like, I know how to speak to people. Maybe if I can figure this out, then I could just do sales. And so I did. And, um, it took, it took, it took a little bit for me to get into the position where I could justify in my mind, like, okay, this is, this is about service. There is a way to be really good at sales, make a lot of money and you sleep really good at night because you know, you're not, you're not selling something that people don't need. Anytime someone does not need what you, what you have, you do not sell them. That was like a, a really easy turning point for me to be like, okay, like this is service. Like I am actually helping this person by selling them. Right. Um, and then, yeah, over, over time, it's like I started getting really good, but I couldn't figure out how to, and we were talking about this earlier, I couldn't figure out how to like make it consistent. I was, I was the ultimate roller coaster of a closer. Yeah. There were some weeks where I would literally co- collect like 150, 200K in cash on a sales offer or on an offer that I was selling. And then the next two weeks, I would, it's like, I just forgot how to sell. Like I couldn't do anything. Wow. And it was so frustrating because like, mm-hmm you know, it's just, you're just up and you're down and it's like, you're rolling the dice. Like, I hope this week I'm going to be good at sales. Yeah. And it's, it just feels like gambling. And it was so frustrating to me and also Taylor, my boss at the time too. Like if yeah. you have an asset that's sometimes really profitable, sometimes not, that's really frustrating because he's gambling as well. Sure. Uh, and over time we found out how to piece together. What are the things that work for me to, to get me performing? And I just do those things all the time. And what are the things that don't make me perform well? And then I just never do those things. And that sounds, it's, sounds oversimplified, but it really is that simple. And that's, that's what really got me into being able to manage teams. I trained all of the salespeople at Traffic and Funnels and 
uh, sales mentor and a couple of Taylor's other different businesses. And I was, I just got really good at like distilling that performance hack for salespeople. We obviously train on, we would train them on sales, but then that ability to get them to perform consistently at a high level is what really made a difference for us to be able to scale those sales teams at those businesses. And then the rest is history. Amazing. Yeah. And the, the thing that comes to mind as I'm listening to you talk about is it's like being a, a high performance sales professional is like being a high performance athlete because yes. you, you can learn the fundamentals, you get, you know, the muscle memory and you can do the repetitive things. Like I know how to throw a free throw, you know, like I've done that a billion times. And yet to your point, then all of a sudden for a week straight, I can't freaking sink a basket to save my life. And yet I'm a professional. What the hell is going on? Well, obviously it's not the mechanics. Obviously in, in most cases, my health and all these things are being monitored. I'm in peak state and yet I'm still missing it. So what is it? It's between the ears, right? It's something that's, it's a mental game at that point. And the higher and higher up you go, I feel like this is where that sales performance piece is. So you're really good at finding that attribution. I've heard you train some of the people, uh, you know, on our client base, you come on every single week inside chamber and talk to our clients and, and even in launch kit as well and, and train the sales clients by far. Oh, by the way, I should say this little caveat, your sales clinic calls are the most highly attended and highly anticipated calls that we do every single week. So you're obviously doing something good, man. I've been attending it too. <laughs> and so it was really popular stuff. So it just speaks to what it is that you're communicating. Cause you're not just like talking about scripts and like do this, do that. It's not necessarily always linear black and white, but to your point, it's, it's a very nuanced and it's kind of about finding these, these flow states. So what, what can you share with our listeners today that maybe they're, they've struggled with it or they're trying to crack through the, the ceiling and finding themselves, uh, in their sales role or, or, you know, requirements, what, what does that look like? How do you get to that peak sales performance? Yeah. So I, I think first and foremost, like at, finding attribution is a skill set. Um, so the, this, this quote has stuck with me forever. I don't, I don't know if Taylor coined it or someone else coined it. I honestly can't remember, but I've, I have it written down. It's like ingrained into my soul. It's there. There should be nothing in my life that I do not have attribution for. Mm. There should be nothing in my life that I do not have attribution for. And in the end, like not even, even setting sales aside, like this is the key. Like this is the key to life. Like everything in your life, good or bad right now, is a byproduct of your behaviors, decisions, thought patterns, beliefs. And so if I can find attribution, if there's an area of my life that I'm dissatisfied with and I can just find attribution for it, well, then I can reverse it. I can change it. But so many people today, they just don't know how, they don't know how to think. Like they don't know how to find attribution. Yeah. The school system doesn't teach anyone how to think. They just teach you how to memorize and be a robot. That's right. And Ooh. so, yeah, so if, you can, if you can learn how to think and find attribution, then we can, you can analyze why is this, this area of my life that I'm dissatisfied with, why is it here? What did I do to contribute to this? And if I find that, then I can just do the inverse. So okay. I'm going to do the opposite of whatever got me here. That will change my circumstances. And so- at bringing this back to sales, it's like, if you are not satisfied with your performance, then we need to look at your, your inputs. We need to look at your behaviors. We need to look at your beliefs There there is a mystery to be solved here. Your job is to find it. And so finding that attribution is key, but, um, from a more, more holistic, I guess, standpoint, it's like, there's, there's a hierarchy to, uh, like, I guess for, for me, like a level of importance of what should you focus on as a sales rep or even as a business owner, if you're still doing sales or you're managing a team in general. Mm -hmm. But um, 
the first tier is like super easy. It's just like, well, what are you selling? What are the offer? Like, I don't, I don't care who you are. If whether you're dude, uh, Elon Musk or, uh, Tony Robbins or Jordan Belford or any great salesperson that you can possibly think of, if they don't know what they're selling, they're not going to be great at selling they're, sure. they're They don't, they can't sell it. You don't, they don't know the specifics. They don't know how to position the value proposition. So the first tier is, is like easy. It's just like, what do you sell? Like, what are the value? What's the value? What are the benefits? Why does someone need this? Who needs it? That's just the you top. You have to believe in tier. it, right? Like, Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that, not even belief yet. Just understanding. Because okay. you, you can sell something that you don't believe in. Yeah. Jordan Belfort. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, there you yeah, go. I hope no, he doesn't no. see. He probably won't see this podcast because he doesn't even know who I am. I'm, an, I'm no one to him. But if he does, he's going to be like, send this guy a cease and desist. No. You're right. um, but that, it's just understanding. The second tier is really like your interpersonal skills which is how you interact with others. Can you be a good listener? The, how to win friends and influence people. Great book yeah, for starting point for anyone new that's wanting to get into sales. That is your interpersonal skills. My ability to use tonality, my cadence, my dialogue skill set, uh, being able to be a good listener, eye contact, all of that stuff is the next tier. Very important. The, the, the base and the foundation, the most important part is actually your intrapersonal skill. So interpersonal is how I interact with others. Intrapersonal is like, how do I interact with my, what do I believe about myself? Yes. Like what Ryan Holiday calls it the inner citadel. Um, the, the, I think Marcus Aurelius called it like the, the inner locus of control. So there's a, there's a relationship you have with yourself. There are beliefs that we have about ourselves. This is what leads to like self-confidence, certainty, authority. Um, and, and those are the things that will either amplify or, uh, like put ankle weights around your interpersonal skills, which then affects how you communicate whatever offer you're selling. And so we can trickle that down. Most problems that we see in or that I see in, in clients or in sales reps, it's like, yeah, there's an interpersonal, like they said something that they that was dumb or they shouldn't have said, but then we can trace that back to like, okay, why did that happen? Like, why did you show up like this today? Why weren't you sharp enough to be able to recognize, oh, the prospect said this, it's important we can usually trail it all down to like an intrapersonal deficit that needs to be fixed. Otherwise I can give them a talk track to handle that objection, but it'll last a couple of weeks. And then they're going to continue fall back to the baseline of like, what is their intrapersonal strength level? Does that make sense? hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's something I picked up too, you know, as you've been on with us uh, inside those sales clinic calls that you're doing with our clients, you know, a lot of times, yeah, we'll go through some, some of the basics, you know, like, should I've said this instead of that or, tonality of this and that, but more often than not, I feel like you start digging deeper and it becomes more the, the interest side where you're talking about like their beliefs and their conviction and, uh, yeah, their confidence, things like that. Like it ends up being a little bit more about them than it is necessarily what they're saying. It's like how they're feeling or how they're sounding versus what it is specifically that they're saying. It's, it's not so just surface yeah. level. It's usually deeper than that. Yeah. But, uh like everyone knows what it's like whenever you're like uh, in flow. Mm -hmm. uh, we all like those, those days where we wake up and we're like, Oh, I'm dangerous today. Right. Oh, I feel sharp. I feel really, I feel optimistic about the day. Like I can just, I could just feel it's going to be a good day and I am dangerous today. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like it, dude. There's literally nothing. Even Ed Milet talks about like the difference between like ordinary and extraordinary people is like the level of momentum that they have at their back. And he was like, that's, if you, if you want to be extraordinary, like you have to find a way to like manufacture momentum in your life. And it's so true. It's like, 
we all, everyone, even if you're not in sales or you're not in a performance-based career, we all want to feel amazing every single day. But we live day to day just kind of like gambling on like, oh, well, I feel good today. I hope I do. Like there's just no, there's no control built around how they feel. There's no, which comes, right? Yeah. Which comes from like an intrapersonal skill set. Like there, that's what it really is, is like, they don't, they don't have a way to be able to manufacture that, that feeling of like confidence. And like, I get to, uh, the world is my oyster. Like I can control everything, anything that I want in my life, I can manufacture the steps to get there. So everyone wants to feel that way. But the issue is like, they, they, they leave it up to chance and they don't think about these different things that will actually impact how they interact with others, how they, how they do their job, how they interact with their, uh, their friends, relationships, so on and so forth. Like everyone wants to feel that way, but people don't spend enough time focusing on that specifically with sales because they're just so interested in like giving a, a, a talk track on how to handle this objection. And then you have to continually fix that person over and over and over and over again. So it, it makes them, it, it removes their ability to be a one-time learner. You have to keep fixing this person over and over again. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. So yeah, because they're so focused on like the band-aid solution versus the actual cure. Like what's the root cause? The root, triggering. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That totally makes sense. So, um, going to go, going to go a little deeper here. What were some of the things for you that you found, uh, attribution for that really set it, set your days apart where you're like, okay, yeah, this is working for me or the contrary to that, you know, what I had to unleash, I had to, you know, unload some of these habits or patterns or thinking or whatever to really get you to the next level. What were some of those? Just so people have some context, what that could look like potentially for them as well. Yeah. So I can, I can, I can say what worked for me and what works for a lot of my clients too. I mean, for, first and foremost, like, like journal, get a notebook and journal. I, I, I know it sounds like woo and it's like, it's not a diary. Like you're, you're not a teenager, like just writing down like, Oh, I hope Jane goes to the dance with me or whatever. It's like, <laughs> this is, this is journaling is a, is a process of like self-documentation. Ooh, um, yes. I've got, I've got, and I'm a little, I'm a little OCD. So I literally have the same journal going back years and years and years. Like I've got five of these in, at my house going all the way back to like 2012, but it's oh, like, yeah. I've, I've got playbooks on playbooks on playbooks of like what worked for Peyton. Like, Oh, this, this was the shittiest week of sales I have ever had in my life. And mm-hmm. I could find the attribution after thinking through it, walking through it. And now I've got like the, the rule book for like, okay, if I want to have shitty weeks in sales for the rest of my life, all I have to do is just keep doing these things. Just Cause this is what these, created right? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that leads me to be able to find the inverse. And when I have an amazing day, I used to call this uh, leaving, leaving your trail of breadcrumbs. Um, who was that? Was that, what were the characters that uh, I'm blanking Hansel and Gretel? Yes, the, the, the breadcrumbs or whatever. It's yeah. like, when, when you are feeling on top of the world, when you are like, everything I touch turns to gold, I've got momentum, I feel amazing, my, my calls are going so well, I'm closing at a high rate. Like, it should be a high priority for you to document like, okay, sit, think, like, what are the things, what were your behaviors, actions, routines, habits? Like, what made me feel this way? What are the common denominators that I can also look back on other times where I was in pocket, where I was in momentum? And I'm starting to find these commonalities of like, oh, I was doing this consistently. I should, I should do that over and over and over again and see if this is true. If I just do these things, then I will feel in momentum. I'll feel in pocket. And so like one, just get a journal. Okay. Like simple, 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 simple. But two, I remember Eli Wilde said something a long time ago and it's so, it's so 
it's like you hear it and you're like, okay, that's not profound at all. But it actually is. Uh, he And you've, you've heard it too. He was like, and I can't remember who he got it from, but it, he was like, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out? It's not, it's not a trick question. It's orange juice. Right. Because the only thing that can come out is what's already inside. And so what, like what comes out when you're squeezed? It's like, okay, well, that's a, that's a good question. It's like, yeah. so if, if, if I want certain traits in person, like if I want a certain feeling, if I, when I'm squeezed, if I want to show up and be like still confident and secure in myself and ready to perform at the highest level possible, regardless of what's squeezing me, if that's what I want to come out, then I have to put in those things. I have to, I have to consume things that inspire me, that make me feel strong, that grow me as a human. It builds my self-confidence. So it's like consuming things that fill the deficit in your life. If it's confidence, then you need to consume things that grow you and make you feel more confident. And like, while I'm learning, I'm growing. If it's, you know, anything else, then you, you can consume those things that, that build that or, or cover that deficit that you have. And then documenting so that your retention increases. And so I never have to deal with this again. Like that's, that can be like the most simple way for you to fix any kind of performance issue that you have in your life is consume the things. Don't scroll through just Instagram and TikTok or the news. Right. I won't start there. Like, like we consume things all the time that are actually affecting us, whether we know it or not, like be intentional about consuming the things that will, will increase where you need increase and then document and, and journal and keep this, what it creates is a stencil for any time that I wake up and I'm not feeling the way I want to feel. Well, I've got a stencil that I can just fit myself into. And then I feel better. I feel like I'm in momentum. I feel I'm confident that mm. that can really be like the, the savior for anyone that's struggling with performance, especially in sales. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I know, um, as we're wrapping here, like you're dealing with individual clients, teams, et cetera, they're, they're contracting you to come in and help them uh, find that sales performance, that, that peak state. Um, what, what do you suggest? Like when you're interacting with people, is this something that, you know, only existing teams should be looking into, like who, who should be coming to you, uh, to contract your services? Wh- who's your ideal client that you've been making the most impact for just so that people can understand like, Hey, this guy obviously knows what's up. Is he a good fit for me? Like, let's, let's learn more about what it is that you do and, and who's right for your, your uh, services. Cause it sounds, you know, phenomenal. Everybody wants to improve sales, but like, I know not everybody has access to you. So let's, let's kind of put some context and rails on that. Sure. So I, I am a sales performance trainer, um, but I've got some clients that aren't even really in sales, but they, they, they notice like a performance deficit and they see like, oh, your, okay. your, your sales clients are like doing better. Like I want to feel that way in my life or whatever. Um, I don't do, I don't do management. So anyone that's looking for a manager, like I can refer someone out to you or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's, it's less management and it's more the, the, the training and instilling performance habits that will get this person performing consistently at a high level. So anyone that either you've got a team of, uh, of salespeople, uh, that are, you know, at least close, like they have to be able to perform. I don't take anyone from like zero to hero, but like anyone that's like, doing just good enough or average. So it's like, if you're at a 20% closing percentage and you're like, I should be at 30, I should be at 40. Like that's a good fit for me. Anyone Mm -hmm. that, anyone that has a team of salespeople and it's like, they're converting, we're profitable, but I keep having to fix the same issues in these Mm -hmm. people. I'm like, 
I'm getting impatient and really frustrated at the sales team that the sales team because I can't get them to like really lock in and remember these things or they're you know they're they're closing at 20 to 25% but like our product's amazing our marketing is amazing this should be 10% higher those are real that's really my bread and butter right there is mm-hmm. being able to instill these things that you know we've just been talking about into those reps into the even like I've got a couple of sales directors sales managers that I work with like those are really the ideal clients for me that I've seen have gotten like the most uh, uh, a growth and like increase in their mm-hmm. business and their life too because when you sure. when you fix these things professionally like there is a huge like you know leak positively into over, right? yeah into yeah. your personal life 100% I could totally see that and that's what's so cool about what you do is like to your point yeah you're going to see that sales lift i mean I've seen it. I've already seen it. So I'll just tell all our listeners here, like bringing Peyton in and having him add even a five or 10% lift to your total sales operation pays for itself within days or weeks. Like it's a no brainer, you know, it's like putting, you know, just an accelerant on the fuel that you already have. So, um, I like, I'm one of your biggest fans. I'm so thankful for what you do for our clients here at launch, you know, inside launch kit and chamber. Um, I know they all do too. You see all the comments. I don't have to tell you about it, but Mm. Um, how do, uh, let's, let's close. How do people find out more about you? How do they contact you? What's the best way to get into uh, Peyton Welch's world so they can uh, learn more about sales performance for themselves? I mean, right, right now it's basically Facebook. I've got a new site that's being developed. Shout out to Beedrill. Uh, but, uh, right now, I mean, honestly, Facebook is going to be the fastest way to get a hold of me. It's, uh, facebook.com slash the Peyton Welch. Um, that's where I put all my content right now. Soon I'm going to have a couple different products and a site and whatnot where you can find out more about me. But I mean, Facebook right now is basically my, my website, yeah. my homepage. Yeah. That's where people hang out anyway. So that, that works. That's probably the easiest anyway. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, thank you again for, um, you know, investing your time, uh, here with us again. Um, any closing statements, anything you want to end on? Um, would love to, uh, t- have you take us out here, man, read books and journal. Like the, the, one of the simplest ways, it's also really funny. Like some of some of my clients are pretty, I've got a, I've got a handful that are pretty high level. Like they're, they're doing a lot. You would recognize their name, but then there's still like these, these performance deficits, these areas of life that they're dissatisfied with. And really what it comes down to are like the simple things that are easy to do. But like Jim Rohn says, like easy to do, easy not to do. Yes. Like, man, like consume things that inspire you and build your confidence journal so you can retain and start to, to put together a playbook for like what gets you performing at the peak of your abilities and then just rinse and repeat. I, I would say like, that's, that's it. Read Love books it. and journal. Read books and journal. Boom. Love it guys. Awesome. Well, Hey, thank you for joining us guys. I'm glad you're here. Um, this was another fantastic episode. Obviously you can find us more on the podcast, follow us, share it. If, if you so are inclined, we love you guys. Appreciate you. And we'll see you on another episode. Peyton Welch, thank you, sir. Appreciate Cheers. you. And we'll see you on the next call, guys. Take care. See ya.